listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. It is the Cowboys and the Bucks. Game one of the NFL season. The season finally back. It's on Fox. And right now on pregame.com, it's Tampa Bay, a nine-point favorite. So we're going to start out talking about what's happened up to this point. Then we're going to talk about, as fans, what are you looking for? What, what, what's, the, what's the key to tonight as in, you know, what does it mean? Is it Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, as competitive as we think? Is it going to be Dak's health? And we'll go roundtable on that. And then as we progress through the show, we'll talk about handicapping the game and probably have, I think, multiple picks on it because there's props and different things that we all like. But let's start with what's happened. This game opened up at six and a half. Tampa Bay at home favored by six and a half. It's gone up to nine. And it has been a pretty aggressive move since the public has gotten involved. Now, when does the public get involved in a game? It's when it's the next game. It's as simple as that. Sunday night football, where do they get involved in once that game kicks? Monday night football. Monday night football is over. What do they get involved in? Well, if it was Mac on Tuesday and they bet college, it's at. But if it's just NFL, they start looking at the Thursday game. So it's not so much is it today or not, because I'll tell you right now, the 4 o'clock games for Eastern on Sunday don't get hardly any action until those ones kick. I mean, it seems crazy, but a lot of bettors are betting out of their pocket. What does that mean? Okay, they've got 100 bucks. They like three games at one. Okay, I'm going to bet 33 a game. Okay, I got a dollar left for an ice slushy maybe. But now I've got to win one of those three bets to have any money to bet the four o'clocks. And isn't it a coincidence the NFL has moved more and more games to the 425? Because oftentimes the one o'clocks weren't over when the 405 start. Now that's because of TV too, obviously, and probably more importantly. But Vegas loves that because a lot of people bet out of their pocket. And until that first game's over, they can't even bet the next games. All right. Now that's not everyone, it's some people. And thus, when did the Tampa batters? Start or the betters in this game, they've been betting all along generally, but the public gets involved when it's the next game. And since it's been the next game, it's been all Tampa money. And maybe let's go around the horn on that one, starting with AJ. And here's the question why? We got Dakota Prescott, as I call him, beloved by many. You look at the season or the over under for this, 296 and a half. You times 17 on that, it's over 5,000 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I know it's one more game now, but if I'm not mistaken, there's been, what, like six or seven people it's ever thrown for 5,000 yards? It's a small group. And the idea that Dak's going to do that, boy, that's a lot of optimism, not to mention against Tampa Bay with uncertainty with his health. That's going to be a lower number. What's the number is going to be against a bad defense? So a lot of love for Dak. Why... AJ, do you think Tampa's getting bet so much? Well, I mean, I think we've talked about it kind of all season. This is a team that brings back everybody from their championship team. They've lost literally nothing. There's every reason for optimism that they can do. People are talking about them having an unbeaten season. Like, that's the goal for this team. is isn't just to win the Super Bowl again. It's to have a perfect season. Well, so there's cl- clearly just a massive amount of optimism with this team. And the Cowboys, are, again, we, we mentioned the rare situation. The Cowboys are not the public team here. They're not the, the darling side of the public. 
So here's what, and, and usually I, I think darling, I'm not sure I love that phrase because I think in general team people bet teams that, and maybe you're right. I, I never thought of it as darling, but it's teams that they have a, a default liking for where they might not have the Cowboys as their favorite team, but they like them. Right. And and that's they they tend to get bad a lot. The Yankees, the Lakers in each league, there's going to be a handful of those teams. Uh, and maybe darling is the right word for it. And, and Dallas is uh, one of them in the NFL for sure, if not the one. But boy, you just explained why Tampa has gotten so much money, even though it's a public darling in Dallas. But. How is Kansas City favored to win the Super Bowl? It's going to be something I just keep talking about because I don't understand it. Right now, Kansas City five to one, Tampa six to one. No one else until the Bills at eleven to one. Jonas, what do you think? I think it's easy. I, th- I think that's that's really it, it. Seems like it's the easy pick. If you go Tampa Bay, if you go Kansas City, you look at those two teams and you just go, oh, well, it just makes sense. I mean, you know, Kansas City upgraded their offensive line. They've got Patrick Mahomes. Tampa Bay didn't lose anybody, as AJ pointed out. But I just keep going back to the thought of, well, how often do teams in the NFL actually repeat or do teams lose in the Super Bowl and get back to that same exact spot? So I I think this is easy. It's a lot of love early on because it's the last game we remember seeing between uh, Tampa Bay and how good they looked. And I think that's playing into this line. So what you're saying is easy. Would another word for that be obvious? Yes. Yeah, okay. that would probably be a better word. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm trying to yeah. So I think you're right, right? And and you know what? It was obvious that Michael Jordan was a hell of a basketball player. You know what? That was correct. So obvious isn't always wrong, but obvious is always expensive. It's always popular. And Tampa Bay's gotten mighty expensive. And it might be worth taking a minute and saying is if you think there's a public team and and in general you can figure Who's the public team in a game? Well, sit at the Las Vegas airport and count the jerseys. They think just metaphorically in your mind, think, okay, I'm at the air. How many Jags jerseys am I going to see? Not many, right? How many Denver Broncos? Well, meh. How many Cowboys jerseys? A lot. And I'm talking about on a typical, you know, on a March day, you know, middle of the day, not any game or anything. So. Tampa Bay right now? Is there the jerseys? Maybe not, but there's the love and the interest and the optimism, the obvious optimism, which I think is warranted in many ways. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are now a little under two hours away from kickoff between the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Fox, and the line is staying the same as when we opened, RJ. It is Tampa Bay, a nine-point favorite on pregame.com. Okay, so let's go around the horn. We'll start with AJ, and the question is this. As a fan, not a better, and we are actually going to have in the last segment, Jonas, a best bet from Fez. He taped last night in this game. He's got a prop for us. Nice. Um, So... I mean, that was before a, the Rattler struck, but I mean, I, you know, we still got it. AJ, what do you see as a non-better as the biggest, let's say, NFL landscape story coming out of this game? How close is week one Dak Prescott to pre-injury Dak Prescott? I, I think that's the fascinating thing. And if he's anywhere close to what he was before the injury, the, all the money that's coming in on Tampa is going to be very scared very early in this game. So you're saying if you knew for sure that Dak was healthy, which entering the season, that was the assumption, meaning, you know, back July 25th, 
I don't know if it was a good assumption because it's like when you have a major injury like that, you never know. But you would have said, look out Tampa Bay? At nine, certainly. Oh, uh, at nine, but okay. But Oh, I guess you told me not as a better. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's – no, it's not even about that. It's just if you're getting nine, it's hard for Tampa batters to say, like, we're in trouble here. Like, what, if they're only up four? Um, so, I, I guess what you're saying is uh, – if you knew Dak was healthy, what would this line be? What would you make the line? Six. All right, and if you knew, and so this line in your mind speaks strongly that Dak is either less than 100% physically now, or at minimum, he is being hurt or being hindered with the rust that comes from having not only this injury, but the big leg injury, and to not get as much practice time even close or any game experience or uh, reps is a big negative. So, yes, and I, it speaks a lot to the uncertainty of where on the scale is he. Because if we knew for sure it was just rust, it wouldn't be nine. This nine is assuming there's some chance that Dak's arm is not 100%. Because I don't see any other way it would be nine right now. And you might say, well, the, the public's betting it. But the pros will bet that back if they think there's value. There doesn't look to be a lot of buyback. Now, what we might see is right before kickoff, you know, gets up to nine and a half, and then boom, you see some buyback. But in betting, there's resistance points. So when the favorites get in bet, the question is, when do the pros step in and create some a stopper or some resistance? And what we have not seen yet is Dallas money from the Sharps resisting the public's pushing it upwards. We are straight out of Vegas. Same question to you, Jonas. What do you see as the big story NFL landscape-wise coming tonight? Dak Prescott, and I want to see all these reports that came out to where they said precautionary MRI and don't worry about it. He's you know throwing the ball 20 yards downfield, nothing to worry about here. I think we're going to get a lot of the answers as to whether or not those were legit reports or that was the Cowboys trying to dumb down their concern for Dak Prescott in week one. I, I want to see how this plays out, and I think that Tampa Bay is going to give them no choice but to do that because two years running, they've had the best rush defense in the NFL. Dak's going to have to throw the football and I think we're going to learn it pretty early on yeah and if the spread is close to being right you're going to have Dallas behind and inevitably when you're behind you got to throw more so part of that over under of Dak for passing yards yeah 296 and a half 296 and a half that's built upon the assumption that the Cowboys are throwing a lot, if it, partially because of the great Tampa Bay rush D, partially because statistically likely to be behind, but still a lot of optimism to be almost 300 yards against a really good defense. And I know they're going to pass, but still, this is, at least in the prop market, AJ, there's not any real sense of, I mean, this thing wouldn't be 315 if he wasn't hurt. No. So, I mean, this feels like the prop market's ignoring the potential of injury. I agree with that. And the, the number on Brady, 306 and a half. And, I mean, I think Ooh, if that's both high. Were, it is high. But if both were healthy, at least what we saw last year pre-injury, Dak's number probably should be higher because that's more of a Well, remember what defense they're going against too, though, right? That's true. I mean, and, and Dallas is change, you know, changing coordinators to Quinn, changing schemes, going with that Seattle scheme. Now, supposedly it's a hybrid, 
But come on, the guy the guy half invented the Seattle scheme when he was DC of Seattle when they became prevalent and people started to copy it because they were winning Super Bowls or won one. So I think it's outdated. I think McCarthy made another mistake at DC. It's always nice to have a, a head coach in the building because he, he understands things that a non-head coach doesn't. But, boy, one that has an outdated defense, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm skeptical of the Cowboys and what we know for sure. And this is something we'll take with us all through the weekend is whenever there's change, change usually is negative early. It then finally becomes neutral. And then hopefully it becomes positive. So Dallas is hoping by week four that their defense is better than it was last year. Because it's kind of hard with the same players pretty much to do better when, yeah, maybe the scheme is better. I'm not sure it is, but it's certainly not as well understood in game one as it was at the end of last year. And thus, it doesn't matter if it's a new head coach. You can hire Bill, well, maybe Belichick, but you hire a new head coach, even like Atlanta. By most accounts, Atlanta upgraded at head coach. But I'm not looking, and most pros will not be optimistic about Atlanta in game one. Because it's kind of tough with a new head coach. But as the games progress, two, three, four, it starts to be easier. And, Jonas, you hear this all the time. When the season's over and a team started slow, it'll be like, you know that offense? You know, I thought we had it, but come game six, it just started clicking. You know, you hear that all the time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and I would say offenses, especially with how elaborate they are, it takes a long time for them to, to learn, and you usually see defenses with a significant advantage early on because it's it's not as difficult. It's it's not as, as elaborate as what you see from the offensive side of the ball, but once teams start to figure it out. And then I also wonder, especially with, you know, new systems or new pieces, you know, if you do have early success, there's an adjustment for the defense. You know, how many quarterbacks had success Last year, we're going to see a different look now, whether it's Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or some of these other guys. So, yeah, I, I do think there's adjustments that are made. Uh, but offensively, you're usually not as not as with it together as a defense is early on in the season. So Jonas makes a great point is when a quarterback especially emerges, so they have their year where they step into the spotlight and like they're good, is what anyone playing them the next year will do is spend extra time saying, Okay, what did the teams do against a Josh Allen that stepped up in year three? And what could we do? And what you'll often see is a non-physically high tool guy, a guy that's got a limited arm strength. They can have an entire good season, but the next year they get exposed because why? They start looking closer and saying, he can't throw that nine route, so let's do this, let's do that. Now, if the tools are there, it's kind of hard to stop them. Uh, so, you know, Josh Allen's, you know, regression, maybe. I, I'm probably more of a proponent there's going to likely be, or not likely, but the chance of regression for Allen is greater than zero. A lot of people are acting like, oh, he's emerged and that's who, who he is. I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see. But he's got so many tools. Yeah, maybe they can fool him with some different blitz things or whatever or, or uh, uh, coverage, uh, hiding the coverages and such, disguising them. But... He's he can throw make all the throws. Some of these guys can't, and that's what you got to look to also. And with Tua, he didn't even have a good year, but he can't really make all the throws. You got to wonder with an off season, what are the defenses going to do? Especially Belichick, Week One. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve Fezzik, who's not all that thrilled with A.J. Hoffman after a move he pulled. And if you missed that story, check out the podcast after the show. But Steve Fezzik is here with the best bet. Zeke Elliott, I am going under 54 rush yards. If you look at Zeke's year average that the books have put up, they're expecting him to run for 1,100 yards. That's about 65 per game. So what am I doing going under 54 when the bookmakers are aware that this is a tough matchup and they've lowered his number? Well, they haven't lowered it enough. If you look at that Tampa Bay rush defense, it's awesome. Last year, held opponents to the lowest rush yards on average per game, 82. That's about 30% less than NFL average. So if I took that 65 number that we expect on average for Zeke and lopped off 30%, now all of a sudden I'm down around 50. Already, this looks to be a pretty good wager under 54. But wait, there's more. The Dallas O-line is dealing with cluster issues right now, and that should really compromise their ability to run the ball That helps her bet as well if Dallas is unable to have successful runs. And further, the way I expect the game to play out, there's an excellent chance that Tampa Bay will have a substantial lead in the second half. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, after all. If that transpires, I expect very few runs to Zeke in the second half, and that will compromise his ability to rack up yards as well. Add it all up, Zeke Elliott under 54 rush yards. At Steve Fezzik, pregame.com. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Now, Jonas, a lot of, or one big key important concept there, which is there's not just efficiency when you do props. And the props are getting bigger and bigger as sports betting expands. The casual fan loves the idea how many yards is Dak going to throw for or Zeke going to run for. It's a very popular, simple bet. And a lot of people think, okay, Zeke's good, Dak's good. Okay, that's the starting point. How good is the player? Then the next question is, how good is the defense they're playing against? And that combined is going to give you efficiency. How well would they do on a play per play basis? But then finally, the last piece is, what's going to be the usage or the game state? And that's where, okay. Tampa Bay is favored by nine. That means they're probably going to be ahead most of the game. What do teams do when they're behind? They throw the ball. They don't run the ball. Thus, the usage that Zeke is expected to have from Fezzik is less than typical. If Dallas were favored in this game, it'd be a whole different thing. So it's back to how good the player is, how good the defense is, and what's the expectation of his usage. Now, uh, I know you're friends with uh, Live Bat Jesus. W- w- does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I wonder if you guys got on him because it does feel like a, a kind of a square pick. Feels like kind of an easy one for Fez. But, but remember, on. no, 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 no. If, if the square side is usually going to be 
overs. Yes. People, people hate betting unders because there's the old saying, it's not it's not under till it's over. Like you can <laughs> you can always go over. You, I mean, you've seen games. There was one this weekend that they had to score like 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 40 points in overtime or something. I think it was 28 in overtime and it went over by like a point. So, that happens all the time. I'm going to get I'm going to give a quick pick in this game and I'm going to go anti-dac here. I, I know that Fez, and these are probably two bets that it's going to be hard to lose both of them, knock on wood. So Fez has his. I'm going to go with under Dak Prescott, 296 and a half passing yards. And you know why I'm doing this? I believe, Jonas, if Tampa is rolling, they may take Dak out. If, it, if, they get, if they're down 17 with 12 minutes left in the game, do you think they're going to let Dak keep taking hits out there? No way. I see the possibility of Dak going out, and just that possibility makes this probably a pretty good bet. So under 296.5 passing yards for Dak. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.